Um, pretty pumped. I, I'm just going to dive right in here because we're launching a new series today. And it is called Pillars of Life. Pillars of Life. And over the course of the series, you're going to hear from several different voices. And um, you're going to hear about pillars, foundations, anchors, that if you build on, they make your life strong. Everybody say, strong. And um, it was fun because I, I was in the room with Pastor Mary and Pastor Steph, a few others on the team, when Holy Spirit just led us into this, this idea of like, man, what, what if we had a whole series where we just let different people pick a pillar that has been a foundation of their life and preach into that? Give strength to everybody in the room and preach into that. And so we were kind of talking about this, and so we started hot-seating everybody. And we were like, okay, what, what pillar should Pastor Steph preach? And we just started, so it was fun, and she, she wasn't talking. She just was nodding her head and saying thank you. And so we talked about, like, you know, I'm just curious. What pillars should Pastor Steph preach? Just, just shout out a couple. Leadership. Love. That actually was a big one. Nurturing was the word that came up in the conversation, but love was a big one. Um, I don't know if everybody here would say that, but behind the scenes for 23 years serving, uh, resilience, perseverance, um, that was a big one. And uh, discernment was another one. Um, this is another little, little humorous backstory because the number of times that Pastor Steph's discernment said, yeah, we shouldn't do that. Or we really should. And, you know, Pastor Marion, he's a, what's one that he should preach? Visionary, maybe. So he's a visionary. I'm a visionary pastor. And I'm like, let's go. Like, come on. And she's like, but guys, I really think. And like, there was many times where, like, we just went. <laughs> you know how that worked out? So we've learned to trust Pastor Steph's discernments. Uh, if she says something, you can kind of bet, take that to the bank. So we started talking about pastor, put him in the seat. And, uh, what, what are some that Pastor Marion, pillars that you've seen demonstrated in his life, pillars that Pastor Marion has lived by, grounded him, anchored him? Love. Love. Faith. Energy. What was that? Principles. Yes. All those. So, like, there was just a long list of faith and healing and Anybody getting miracles in the last couple of weeks? Like, come on. And so it was fun. And then, of course, they hot-seated me. And I won't tell you some of the things that were said. It, it was kind of fun to be like, yeah, that was cool. One, you know what? One of the ones that came up pretty quick was the idea of being planted in a local church. And um, I, I mentioned this one. I'm not going to preach it. But the, I mentioned it only because I just got away for about a month, and I was gone. And some of you were like, is he gone, gone? And I just want to let you know, I'm planted, not going anywhere. This is home. Uh, Psalm, actually, I want to read this verse to you. This is just, this is a freebie. Psalm 92, 12, 12 through 14. The righteous will flourish. Everybody say flourish. How many of you want to flourish in your life? If so, say yes. They will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, and they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and green. And I'm not the smartest. 
and I'm not the most gifted person. And I didn't even know the power of staying planted. But there were some times where I didn't want to stay planted. Thank God for marrying a good woman. Thank God for pastors and some friends who settled me down in some times because the net effect was I stayed planted. And because I stayed planted, listen, my life, the flourishing to whatever degree is it happening in my life is a direct result. Not the only thing, but on, It's a big piece of flourishing, staying planted. By the way, Staying planted doesn't mean you agree all the time with everything that leadership does. Should I preach that one? I don't know. Like, staying planted means you're submitted to leadership, and you don't know if you're even submitted until something happens that you don't agree with, and you stay planted anyway. All right, that was free. Um, so I, I'm not going to preach that one because God kind of took me a little different direction, and so what I'm going to bring to you today, um, I'm not actually going to bring you a pillar of my life. Um, because while I was away, uh, the Holy Spirit just brought some supernatural clarity to me, clarity to me, which was really a, a big intention for me. And so I, I'm going to talk about the pillars, not a pillar, but the pillars of my life. Because what you build on is going to determine the foundation determines the heights to which you can elevate your life. And we've all got to make decisions about what we are going to build on. And here's the thing. This is not uh, some woo-woo-y message that you all don't know about. Because we all know what happens when you build on the wrong foundations. We've seen it. We've experienced it. What happens when you build, for instance on some relationships that are the wrong foundation. And we don't do it on purpose. We thought we picked the right spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend. We thought we picked the right friends. We thought we picked the right business partner. And business owner's been there. Ooh. But we we picked the relationship, and then we started building a life where they were a big part of it. And then any number of things could come up. A lack of integrity. The fact that they have not dealt with their issues, their addictions. Th things come up, and it blindsides you, and you end up with betrayal, pain, hurt, suffering, woundedness. All because why? Because you built a foundation on some relationships that were the wrong relationships. How many been there? If so, just say, uh-huh. Yeah. You, you can also build on a foundation on the wrong motivation. I love it when I'm getting amens up front because, like, like this is real, people. Wrong motivation. I want to be the best. I want to be successful. And I want to be rich and wealthy. Some of you, your motivation is to break the generational cycles in your family, and so you just don't want to get divorced. You don't want to fall into addiction. You don't want to live in financial despair. And so your motivation is to, to do that. Some of you want to be recognized, you want to be valued, you want to be important. And so we get these motivations as a foundation. And then the most devastating, demoralizing thing happens. We get what we want. 
We arrive at the ultimate and we get that thing that we thought we wanted that was going to change everything and we find out it doesn't. It doesn't change what's going on on the inside of us. It doesn't change how they, like you fill in the blank, your spouse, your dad, your grandpa, your boss, your neighbors, how they see you. And you were driven by this motivation that you thought was good, but it ended up disappointing you. How about one more? A, a wrong foundation when you get the wrong beliefs. Building your life on beliefs that are holding you back from being who God designed you to be. And there, there's a, a laundry list of these, right? Beliefs like, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough. Beliefs um, about God like, he didn't love me. He's up in heaven with a big stick. How many grew up with that vision of God? Big stick waiting for you to mess up so he could thump you on the head. I mean, that's a belief that will dictate a lot about your life. Beliefs just about life in general, that life's hard, that life's a fight, that life's a battle, that life is like good things never last. Beliefs about people like people are selfish. How many met some selfish people? Like, are you all dead out there? Oh my goodness. There's some selfish people on your road for Pete's sake. Smile at them, smile. Just like, hey, I wasn't talking to them. Beliefs that people always have an agenda, that they're out for themselves right? These are all beliefs. And oftentimes we hold on to some of these beliefs and sometimes we think they're going to get us what we want, but in the end, they're just holding us back. And here's what I want you to hear. The wrong beliefs, the wrong, not just the beliefs part, but the wrong foundations, putting these things as pillars of your life, the wrong foundations will make you vulnerable, unstable, unstable, and they're dangerous. They're flat out dangerous. I mean, we've seen the news stories about that building that they cut corners and they didn't do what they were supposed to do building the foundation, right? And when that building collapses because of the wrong foundation, because of a weak foundation, the damage can be catastrophic. People die. And see, some of us, we're not talking about buildings theoretically, are we? Some of you have experienced that kind of devastation in your life. And this series, every bit of it, is going to highlight that what you thought was the problem, yeah, it wasn't so much. Your problem wasn't like getting a better job. Your problem wasn't your spouse. <laughs> some of you are still acting like that. Your problem wasn't your mama and your daddy. Your problem was the foundations. The foundations were faulty. Yeah. And when you got faulty foundations, you're never going to elevate to the level that God has created and designed you to elevate to. Foundations are everything. What you build your life on is everything. Now, we, we 
kind of hit some of the negative. How about we talk about how different it looks when you build yourself on the right foundations? When you lay some groundwork, some pillars into your life that are unshakable. It looks a lot different, doesn't it? By the way, worship team, way to be anointed and in the flow of the spirit because like you guys were singing, I'm like, oh, that's point one, that's point two, that's point three. Then Aletha gets up there and talks about mama. I'm mama. Let me ask you, if you think about Aletha Malone, those of you that know her, what is a pillar in her life? Well, that's a relationship. That's not a pillar. Faith, thank you. Faith, or some of you might say prayer, right? It's a pillar in her life. Check this out. Where'd that pillar come from? Hint! She wasn't supposed to be here. 89 years old, flying across the country. Come on. Listen, what you lay as a foundation today has generational effects. And some of you are breaking some generational foundations, foundations like addiction, foundations like divorce, infidelity, foundations like poverty. Like some of you grew up and those were the norm. They were the standard of the life in which you grew up. If you break in some of those and set in some new foundations in your life, shout, yes! Wow, maybe most of the room. Now check this out, even more, so Pillar started with Mama, went to Aletha. Anybody hung out with her kids? Yeah. Woo! Tatiana over there, up here worshiping, leading, like powerful. She's a mighty, mighty woman of God. And then you got Elon preaching the house down. How old is Elon? How old is he? He's eight. Preaching machine. Like, your pillars matter for generations. Look at somebody say it's generational. And so I can look around this room and I can see people that have laid foundations, laid pillars into your life. I think about David Hager, who was just up here. Some of you know him, some of you don't know him as well. How many were in Celebrate Recovery and, and got to see there's a pillar in his life of freedom? Check this out. I bet mama could tell us some stories about how she got that faith. Because there's a cost to lay a strong foundation. Amen? There's a cost. Okay, everything's okay. Everybody all right? Something happened there, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Peace. Everybody say peace. Stretch your hands out there. Say peace. Say calm. Say it again. Say, no, like, this is a prayer. Say peace. Peace of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, calm, Jesus' name, amen. The blood of Jesus. Did y'all hear what Micaiah said when he was up here? He said, my daddy would sing, generational, generational. There was a foundation in their family that they knew the power of the blood of Jesus, and now it's carrying generations. What's the pillar of Miss Gwen's life, Anybody? Miss Gwen, it's like they know you. Does anybody know some of her kids? 
prayer is the foundation. Now, some of you, like, some of these are, like, easy to see, but sometimes you got, you got to get to know someone before you see some pillars. Sometimes you got to hear some of their story to know the new foundations that they're laying. Pick on Andrea and Paul over here. I'll tell you a pillar in their life that they're setting a new standard for their generation, for their kids, is forgiveness. That was pretty easy, right? Like that whole forgiveness thing, that was just easy, right? Has anybody had to learn the hard way how to forgive, how to let go? But it's a strong foundation in their life that their kids get to walk in. Some of you, I see you laying pillars, laying foundation, and I don't know if it went before you, but it's fun to see what's going to happen in your children and your children's children. Think about DJ Miranda over here. Mm, come on, laying some strong foundation. And I know there was legacy that came before you, but carrying on legacy. Some of you are, t- like, here's one, Miss Kathy. I was looking for you. You weren't in your seat, Miss Kathy. What happened? Like, your, your seat's back here. I was looking for you earlier. Stop moving. What's the pillar of Miss Kathy's life? Generosity, service, giving. Thank you. Like, you don't even have to. You got Brandon sitting right here. And I actually, I could call out Brandon and James and David Caliphate somewhere. What's a pillar that all three of them share? Service, evangelism, a heart to see people saved. I mean, you can't hang out with these men without telling them telling you about Jesus and how good he is and how much he loves you. Like, like it oozes off of them. David was just in Dream Team Rally talking about getting somebody saved the night before she died. It's a pillar in their life. Evangelism is not a sermon to them. It's a lifestyle. It's a pillar. It's a foundation. And see, here's the thing. When you build your life on the right foundations, your life can be unshakable. Yeah! Woo! When you build your life on the right foundations, your life can be unshakable. How many of you want to have an unshakable life? So I hope that during this series, you're going to get highlighted that some of the things that you think are a problem are not actually the problem. You need to go back and relay your foundations. Some of you, it's a recommitment to foundations. Some of you, you take for granted the foundation you got, and it's easy to get a little lazy, a little complacent, a little sloppy. And so this series is going to have you going back and recommitting because listen, we never graduate from this work. Jesus. It's not like you lay the fat, like this is where every metaphor breaks down somewhere. So the building metaphor, when you build, you lay the foundation and you're done. Now some builder might correct me on this. You don't go back to it. But in life, you gotta constantly be strengthening that foundation. You gotta shore it up. Now, now I do know that can happen. Like when you got a crack in the foundation, you go back and fix it. Sometimes you got to crank up the house, lay the foundation, and then set the house back down on the strong foundation. Some of you, that's what you're going to do in this series. You're going to be like, oh, that's, that's why the windows are falling out and the walls are creaking all the time. It's because, like, what's underneath me can't hold me up. And so some of you, you're going to crank your house up. 
You're going to relay some foundations. You're going to get strength. Let's put scripture on this. I, uh, I never walk around with my notes like this, but if you're a note taker, just get your pen ready or get your fingers ready to type because I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures um, to, to really anchor this in and launch this thing out. Okay. Um, seeing if I want to say anything else. Building, a lot, building our lives on a strong foundation is not optional. It is a necessity. Matthew 7, verse 24. This is out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to use a bunch of different translations. The Passion says, Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came, with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Now, you're going to hear in this series from some people who have laid some strong foundations. Not perfect people. No, no, no perfect people up on this stage. No perfect people out there. But some people that learned some things and laid some strong foundations. And why is that important? Because it's not a matter of if the storm will come. Is the storm coming? Yes or yes? The storm's coming. So it's not a question of if. The only question is when the storm comes, when the wind and the rain and broad, fierce winds, when it comes, will your foundation be strong enough to stand firm, to withstand the, the, the storm that's coming against you? Listen to this in uh, the message. It says this, these words, the same, same verses. A little different nuance. I want to emphasize this. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Little homeowner improvement here, little, little improvement there, little this, little that, little surface decor where you put on something nice, but underneath it don't look so nice. But you try to, like how many have been to that Airbnb where they, they put the decor up to make it look nice and then you got there and you were like, oh, yeah. We went to one, I think it was the first ever one we ever went to, and like the roof, or not the roof, the porch was separating from the front of the house. This is like 10 years ago. And we, every time we stepped out, we were like, whoa, is it going to fall off? <laughs> These are not incidental little home improvements, little decor improvements. No, 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 no. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you... Work these words into your life. You're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing. I love the word of God. Nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Look at somebody and say, don't be stupid. I didn't say to call them stupid. I said, yeah, don't be. 
Tell somebody on the other side of you, don't be stupid. Some of you enjoyed that a little much. Okay. I was reading the Bible. It's a message, paraphrase, but still. Listen. When I asked you who wants to have an unshakable life, everybody was pretty excited about that. But the culture we live in, in the watered-down version of Christianity that many people are living in, unshakable seems unattainable. And I'm reading the word of God to you to say unshakable is a guarantee if you build your life on the right foundations. Now, when we preach into these pillars, we're preaching into this because we've been through some stuff. This isn't something we heard about somewhere. This isn't something that we heard in a three-point sermon in a poem. No, no. These are things that have been... Nobody up here is like teaching you something they heard about. They're teaching you things that have worked into their life. And some of you, you're going to have to face reality in this series because you've got some cute little Christian slogans that you heard somebody talk about, but it hasn't been worked into your life yet. And you're going to have to face that reality and make some decisions to align your life with the foundation. There's a cost. There's another scripture that says, Don't, who, who's going to build a house, build a tower before they count the cost of building that tower? No, no, no. First, you're going to back up and you say, okay, what's the cost? Listen, there's a cost to freedom. Amen. There is a cost to faith. There's a cost to be the prayer warrior that everybody in the rooms. You know what? There's people that could see Miss Gwen in a room and see how people react to her and walk up and feel the anointing of God in her life. And they, they won't say she's a prayer. They're going to say something's different about her. That's right. There's a cost to that. And by the way, did I mention we don't graduate from this work? It was about a month and a half, two months ago, last time I preached, and Ms. Gwen sent me a text about how she didn't want to come to church that morning. You're okay if I share this, right? And it was a tough morning. She was taking care of her mama, Miss Essie. And it was just a tough morning. It was a tough week. Somebody else in her family was ill. She was tired. She was exhausted, and things were not going her way. Understatement, right? But she got herself up out of bed, and she showed up. And she texted, and she said, what you preached, I needed to hear. Because just because you, you, you lay the foundation doesn't mean you get to lay it and then ignore it. The work never stops. Look at somebody and say, you ain't graduated. So... Let me lean in. I'm going to share with you four pillars. We'll see how quick I can do this. Again, I'm, going to, I'm carrying this around because I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. I'm going to move quick. But if, if you can grab hold of some of this, some of you, this is going to change your life. Some of, you, some of you today is going to save years of pain and struggle and suffering in your life. If you, you know why I'm saying that? Because I already went through the years of pain and suffering and struggling. Like, to get... There's a cost. And so I've been through the betrayal from people that I, I never thought would betray me. I've been through the season where I made some stupid, 
stupid decisions that honestly, in the end, nearly cost me my marriage. No, I was not unfaithful to my wife. It was more trust issues of like not communicating well. By the way, husband, if you're trying to protect your wife by not telling her all the things, in particular around finances, ready? Stop it! You're decaying the trust in your marriage. It almost cost me my marriage. I, I've been through that financial stuff, the desperation, the despair, the scarcity, the hoping I could pay my bills, the foreclosure notice, the car being towed out of my driveway in the middle of the night. I've been through that. I've been through seasons of spiritual and emotional turmoil that led to depression, that led to desperation. Come on, I, I've been through being so angry. And I haven't thought about that in a long time until just this moment. I'll never forget the moment. We were early on in our marriage, and I got angry, and I pounded the dash of our car, and I saw fear in my wife's eyes. And then we had kids. And I've seen my kids get scared of me because I didn't check my anger. Thank God that that hasn't happened in a long time. You know why? Because I had to learn how to lay some foundations that could lead to freedom. And so what I'm going to give you is not theoretical. This is the real stuff. Everybody say the real stuff. Pillar number one, four pillars. And again, these aren't some pillars. I could talk a lot about a bunch of pillars in my life. These are the pillars. Uh, and this is a little fresh and raw, but I'm going to tell you the, the pillars. Pillar number one is identity. Pillar one is identity, and this is all about who I am and why I am. Everybody say, who am I? Who am I? See, if you can't answer that question, you're in danger. You're vulnerable to the enemy. Your life is more unstable than you realize. You need to be able to answer, who am I? And here's my answer. I am called, excuse me, I am loved, I am called, and I am a creator. I am loved. Everybody say it with me. Say, I am loved, I am called, I am a creator. Say, I am loved, I am called, I'm a creator. This has become a foundation of my life. Pillar number two is faith. Now, here's what I'll say about the next three pillars. You'll be like, oh, that's nice and cute. That's very Bible. That's very, he grew up in church. That's very, he's a preacher's kid. But I'm telling you, these are not superficial. Pillar two is faith. Faith is about my core beliefs. My core, core, core beliefs. What I really believe. And my core belief, the, the biggest one, the biggest foundation of them all, is that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And secondly, God is good. Say, he's good. Pillar three is love. Love is my way of living. It's not theoretical. It's a way of living. And my belief when it comes to love is this. Love changes everything. Succinctly, love wins. Everybody say love wins. Pillar four is hope. Hope, I don't know if you've ever heard any teaching on this, is my confident expectation. And here's my confident expectation. Life is happening for me, 
Not to me. All things. Everybody say all things. Say it like you mean it. Say all things. All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Four pillars. And, and well, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm going to move quick here. So let's talk about pillar number one. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. I won't be able to read them all. Pillar one, uh, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is in the Amplified. And approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. Did anybody hear that song we just, here I stand as your own? Here I stand, I'm his. Consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now that last little part, that's for Jeremiah specifically, but everything in there, he's appointed you. He's chosen you. So I'm loved. Everybody say, I'm loved. I'm a, I'm a child of God is what I'm loved about. First John 3, 1 through 2 in the message. What marvelous love God has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. We are children of God. And that's only the beginning. And who knows how we'll end up. When you know that you're loved by God, that you're a child of God, that you're loved just the way you are, not the way you think you should be or anyone else told you you had to be, you're loved, it changes everything. Pillar three is love, right? Love changes everything. But you got to have pillar one first, the identity of knowing I am loved. I am a child of God. Also that I'm called, 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in us before time began. Before the world began, Xavier, you were saved and called. He had to look up. He was like, what? Before the world began, God had a purpose for you, my friend. Wasn't your, it wasn't Zaya's purpose. It was your purpose. Zaya, you got one too. By the way, it's not going to look like his. It's yours. It's not going to look like mom and dad's, although there may be some similarities because you're theirs, right? But he's got a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for you. Before the world began, God created you. He designed you. He crafted you. He formed you in your mother's womb, and he put a purpose on the inside of you, and you are called not because you're so good, but because he's God. And he don't make anything without a purpose. He does not do anything without a purpose. And you're his. So you're called. I got to read this one. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 in the message. But you are the chosen ones. You are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you. From something to nothing, from rejected to accepted. From something to nothing, from rejected to accepted. Who are you? You know who you are? The last point there is that he's that we're a creator. That was probably the last one that I got out of those things. But knowing who I am, that I am loved, that I am called, that I am a creator. I know who I am, and I know why I am. 
Every single one of you have purpose. But you have to know your identity. You have to know who you are. One of the things I love about our student ministry is that the over, like the massive, huge, singular emphasis that Parker and his team have, Parker's our youth pastor, is to help our students understand who they are in Christ. They may know the language that he uses. We are what? King's kids. Thank you. We're king's kids. Look at somebody and say, you're a king's kid. See, that's identity. That's knowing who you are. Here, here's what I want you to realize. In my life, I got pillar two, faith, Lord and Savior, before I got pillar one, knowing who I am, which is a very evangelical Christian thing. You can get saved. You need to get yourself down to this altar. You don't want to go to hell. Get saved, get saved, get saved. But you know what the effect of that was on my life? I dealt with a lot of guilt, shame, and condemnation. Unworthiness. Feeling like I could never get it right. Never be good enough for God. That I had to earn his love. How many have been there? You guys know what I'm talking about. And so if I'm going to give you the pillars in order, the first one that you want to lay is identity. Because when you know who you are, that you're loved and saved and called and that you're his, that you don't have to clean yourself up, get better, get ready, that you're just loved right the way you are. Oh, making him your Lord and Savior is easy and there's no baggage to it. You're just loved. And so this one was actually one of the last to like get locked in. Like it started early on. I got an awesome spiritual legacy in my family. But they taught me about Jesus and his word. But... I didn't get this locked in with my identity. Listen, if you're struggling in your life, if you're on a roller coaster in your spiritual life or any other area of your life, listen, 25 years of coaching or of pastoring, the last five, six years working with hundreds and hundreds of clients in the business world, there are very few, very few issues in our lives that don't come some way back to identity. If you know who you are, a whole lot of other things get a whole lot easier. Some of you are struggling with addiction because you don't know who you are yet. Some of you, you've never broke through in the business world because you're still trying to prove something through the business instead of just being who he designed you to be. See, success can come easy when you build on the right foundation. Stop trying to make it, work it up. Just be who he's called you to be because there's power in that. You got to know who you are. You're saved. You're called. You're a creator. Aaliyah was just sharing a little testimony with me this morning. And she was in a little bit, she gave me permission to share this. She was in a little bit of funk for the last week. She said Caleb could testify. We're, we're not going to ask you to do that, Caleb. Just, just <laughs> stare straight ahead right now, Caleb. Don't make any expressions. And she said, she was in a funk, and I think it was yesterday, she looked over on her bedside table, and she saw the book that Bill Walton and I wrote called Creating Your Best Life. And she popped it open to where her bookmark was, and the thing that it did, it, it was a section where we're talking about the lies that we believe. And we believe these lies, and these beliefs, these lies become beliefs that we anchor our life to. And so she, it was just enough reset that totally shifted her to remind her who she is. Because let me, let me just say it loud, Aaliyah. It is a lie that this is as good as it gets. It is a lie that 
The best is in the past, not yet to come. The best is yet to come. There is greatness on the inside of you. There is purpose and calling. God's united the two of you. They're newlyweds. Listen, there is destiny on the inside of you. And this is funny because I'm just remembering in this moment, I think I prophesied to this to you before. It ain't going to look like you thought it was going to look like. You've got to let go of some of the preconceived notions of what you thought. That's all I got. But there's destiny and calling and the best is yet to come. Because that's who you are. Listen, if you're a child of God, you can't live a mediocre life. He didn't call you and save you for mediocrity. He saved you and called you before the world began. Pillar two. Well, this is going to be interesting. We're going to go fast. I might just do a couple. Let me just land this before I go to the second one. Listen, if you're basing your identity on what you do, on what you know, on what you've achieved, on I'm better than, I've done more than, I've got the degrees, I got the car, I got the house, I got the wife, I didn't get divorced like they did. Like, I may drink a little bit, but I ain't on drugs like they were. If you are basing your identity on anything other than you are loved and a child of God, you are vulnerable to the enemy, and it is dangerous. And here, let me talk to the church people for a second. Some of y'all coming in here acting like I'm loved by God, but it is not truly an anchor of your life. And you got to face reality that you've been pursuing some things. You've had some wrong motivations. You believe that that thing, whatever that thing is, is going to make you feel a little different on the inside. And then when you get it, it ain't. Because you got to know who you are on the inside. You're his. You're enough. Put your hands on your chest. Say, I am enough. I'm loved. I'm his. I'm a child of God. Take a deep breath. I am enough. Because when you're enough, just being his, nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you. You are unshakable. I just really feel this strong. Some of you have been focused on some other things that are going to fix it. And you need to shift your focus. Anything out there is not going to fix it, whatever it is. Your marriage, you, the finances. Everything gets easier when it's right on the inside. There's a book called Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. Uh, amazing, amazing book. And he talks about being so strong on the inside that no outer props are necessary. You don't need anything to prop you up, to make you feel better, to make you feel enough. No outer props necessary. So you need to lock this identity piece in so strong 
that nothing can touch you because you know who you are. You know you're his. Pillar two is all about faith, that core belief. I'm not going to read you as many scriptures. I'm just going to talk to you about these pillars. Is that all right? Well, I'm going to read a couple. I mean, it is a sermon. <laughs> Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is, what does that say? Does it say it's difficult? Harder? No, no, no. It's, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. I love you all so much. If you are living a life that does not require faith, you're not pleasing God. If your life, your everyday life that you are living you got security in your job. You got security in your relationships. You got control over your kids, <laughs> you think. <laughs> and you live in your life, and you wake up, and you go to work, and you do your thing, and, you go, and, and it didn't require faith of you at any point in that day. If your life does not require faith, you're not pleasing God. Now, listen, I ain't preaching at you because I'm feeling that myself. Come on, Pastor. Am I living by faith or not? The righteous, the just will live by faith, not by sight. We got to live this thing. And that might mean some of you are going to be stretching in some ways you haven't stretched in a while. Because we're supposed to live by faith. Let me take it a little further because the first part of that is that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. All the saved people in the room say, That was very unscripted and felt weird. Sorry. <laughs> we do. That, that was weird. Um, most people are, listen, it's easy to get saved and then forget we're saved. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You know what lordship implies? Not implies. You know what lordship requires? Absolute full surrender of everything. Full surrender. So if he's really our Lord and Savior, are we fully surrendered to him? Are we fully, completely surrendered to him? And again, I had baggage, like many of you, I'm guessing, in this room, about trying to work my way into salvation. So when I got a revelation of God's grace that I'm saved by grace, through faith, not by works, I mean, again, we quote that verse all the time, but I had to realize that I couldn't get myself good enough to be saved. It was a free gift, undeserved, unmerited, unwarranted. Salvation is a free gift. All you got to do is accept it. And when I got free from the guilt, shame, and condemnation, because Romans 8, 1 says, now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that set me up for the second part of that core belief statement, which is God is good. He's good, not because I'm good. Let me say that again. God is good, not because I'm good. Not because of my good behavior. Not because I get it right all the time. He's good because he's good. 
And, and you'll notice, because I've been here at this church, planted in this house for 23 years, like salvation, that was rooted in my, my dad pastored for 50 years, amazing, amazing spiritual legacy. But so much of these pillars were anchored in in my time in this house. You know what the, the verse is for God is good? Can you take a wild guess? John 10, 10. Now the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come that I might give life and life more abundant. Other translation, life to the full, life till it overflows, superabundant life. That's the goodness of God. Not because we deserve it, because it's who he is. Just because it's who he is. And see, when, when I could get grace and salvation and then realize the goodness of God and that became a pillar of my life, all of a sudden I had to work a lot less. Right. By the way, that work was more in here than it was out there. Because you're always working to try and clean yourself up and make yourself look something and be something that you're not really feeling on the inside. Once it got right on the inside, then it was easy to walk out and be in full surrender, my Lord and Savior. To walk in the goodness of God, to experience the blessings of God, that I can prosper in all things, even as my soul prospers. It's in Third John. He's good. Everybody say he's good. good. Say he's good. good. See, so you can make that a pillar of your life, and you don't have to wonder. See, listen. You really know if you've anchored that one in when crap happens. When it hits the fan. That's right. <laughs> I, did, I did not cuss just there, but like some of y'all aren't saved apparently. When, when it hits the fan and he's still good. You know you've anchored it in. Give a shout out to my brother Marshall Fields. I don't think he's here. I don't know if he's serving. I feel like it was a God thing, so I'm going to drop it in here because I saw a post randomly this morning and I don't look at social on a Sunday morning and I saw it and it was from four days ago. I'm like, all right, God, I'm listening. How'd I see a post from four days ago? And he was driving through Lexington, pulled out and admittedly he owned, pulled out when he shouldn't have. And the guy in a big pickup truck drove by and Marshall was rolling down his window to apologize. Hey man, I'm sorry. And the guy cussed him out and called him an effing inward. You know what Marshall did? He smiled and rolled his window back up. And then he wrote this beautiful post to educate and inform others and maybe give a different perspective on what they could do in that situation. If I was in the car with Marshall, I would not have been that spiritual. <laughs> I'm not even a fighter, and I would have been feeling it. Listen, and in the post, Marshall literally said these words, and that's why I knew I had to share it. He said, it's all good, and he rolled his win window up. Has Marshall worked that into his life, the goodness of God, the love of God? You better believe it, because you don't go through moments like that and respond that way if it hasn't been worked into your life. Listen, don't just be talking about some stuff. Allow it to work into your life. Which takes me to number three, which is love. And love is a way of living. It's not a Christian slogan. It's not a feeling that you occasionally act on. 
Love is a way of living. And love changes everything. Love wins. There was a season in my life where, I, and I talked about the anger issue. And I was just angry. And when Katie or the kids didn't do what I was like, you guys didn't see the anger. I was all smiling, churchy here. But when they didn't do what I wanted them to do, I knew how I get what I wanted. I powered up. I powered up. I got loud. I'm bigger than them. And it would get me what I wanted, so I thought. It would enable me to control the situation. And I went to this event, and they walked me through a process, and I had to face reality that I had allowed a belief, a lie to creep into my life that I would never say out loud, but this is how I was living. I was living as if my anger and frustration would change the people I love. Change them, fix them give them to do what I wanted to do. And it was, I mean, it was divine encounter stuff. And sometimes it's simple, the change, because the change was just this simple from my anger and frustration changes them to love changes everything. I didn't know at the time that that was going to be a pillar of my life. But that began this process of learning how to love people at a higher level, of letting go of my need to control, letting go of my assumptions about other people, letting go of needing to be right. I know I'm the only man in the room. Needed to let go of that. Should I do an altar call? (laughs) Wives are like, yes. Letting go of my need to be right, letting go of my need to prove someone wrong. Letting go, letting go, letting go of everyone needing to agree with me. Because see, now I just got this bigger, right? Because we live in a world where people don't know how to disagree and still love. And see, God started back then teaching me how to love people even when I disagree. That loving people that do something different or believe something different than me is not compromising my convictions. It's just being like Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. God is love. God is Jesus. So love is the way and the truth and the life. Love people. Is love your way of living? Is it really, truly, deeply, core, your way of living? Because love doesn't, I mean, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. No record of wrongs, no need to be proved right, not prideful, arrogant. No, no, just love is love. Love Wins. Love changes everything. It's a way of living. And then lastly, hope, confident expectation. I don't know if you've heard, there's this book out called Creating Your Best Life. Um, but seriously, that book and the relationship with Bill Walton was a massive part. And just being here and in this house with Pastor Marion and Steph for so many years of shifting in what my confident expectation is. Yeah. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And what is hope? Hope is, by definition, confident expectation. And so some of us get to this place where we think our faith isn't working, but it's not the case. Our faith's working. It's just giving us what we are confidently expecting. And if we constantly expect it to not get better, if we constantly expect this is as good as it gets, 
if we constantly expect every diagnosis to turn into an illness, to turn into a hospital, say, or another medication, oh, now I'm meddling, huh? If that's what we're constant, constantly expecting, that is the only thing our faith can manifest. And so we've got to shift our confident expectation. And of all these pillars, this is definitely the last one that got locked into my life. That life is happening for me, not to me. Come on. Happening for me, not to me. Romans 8, 28. I quoted it earlier, but it's good enough to say again. And we know that all things work together for the good. Those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, we already established you're all called. Anybody in here love God? Just give a give. Woo-hoo! I was in your honor there, Nicole. So that means if you love God and you're called, everybody, that everything in your life, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, if you work this belief into your life, you can actually live in the place where you know that God's going to bring good out of it. What the devil intended for evil, God is going to bring good out of it every single time. If good has not come, God is not done yet. But you got to work this into your life. Because when bad stuff happens, unexpected things happen, you got to be able to come back and anchor back into, no, 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 I'm not going to woe is me. I'm not going to play the victim. I'm going to live according to the word of God that somehow he is bringing good out of this because he said everything, all things, all things, all things, all things can bring good. Does anybody have some bad things in your life right now? Whatever it is, God's bringing good out of that bad thing. Like that thing right now, it's making you angry, it's putting that pit in your stomach, making you sick, keeping you up at night. What if instead of thinking the way you have been thinking, what if you started thinking, what's the gift? What good is God going to bring out of this thing? And then you start looking for it and you're like, okay, well, it sucks right now. <laughs> Pardon the expression, but sometimes you got to say it right. It sucks right now, but somehow God's bringing good. I wonder what it's going to be. I mean, it doesn't look possible. How's he going to do this? It's going to be fun to watch. How's he going to bring good out of it? My daughter uh, had COVID. We got back from Aruba, and she was diagnosed with COVID, and she didn't get to go on the, the U trip to Ocoee. And we literally planned our whole trip around Jack and Ella getting back so they could go on that trip. And as I drove her this morning, and she went to a soccer camp because she's recovered and out of quarantine, blah, blah, blah. To see my daughter work this into her life as a 16-year-old and be able to, after devastating and crying, be able to be like, you know what, Dad? I needed the rest. That's working it into your life. Somehow, God is going to bring good out of it. So here's what I like to do. I'm just going to land this. I know I went a little long, but I don't care. (laughs) Because I'm serious. Listen, some of you, You heard some things today that you've never considered as a pillar, as a foundation of your life. And you know what's beautiful? You can grab hold of it and adopt it for your own. Because God's no respecter of person. If you you take an unshakable foundation and you put it in your life, you're going to have an unshakable life. That works for me. It works for James. It works for Sarah. Works for like you just grab hold of an unshakable pillar and you get an unshakable life. So some of you are going to grab hold of some stuff that you you haven't been intentional about. Some of you, you get to celebrate because you're like, wow, I got some pillars in my life that maybe you haven't identified. 
You haven't realized that? Like sometimes we can have a quality of life, a joy, a contentment, a, contentment, a, a, a peace. And, and that's not, accident, not an accident. Right. You have that because you got the right pillars. Yes. Celebrate that. Now some of you all in that boat, you gotten lazy and sloppy and you need to re-anchor, recommit because we don't graduate from the work. But I'm telling you, no matter where you're at, if you grab hold of some of these things today, it can strengthen your life. Who wants an unshakable life? If so, say yes! yes! Stand to your feet. I want to ask you two questions, and we're going to wrap up. Number one, what is a foundation, a pillar that you need to strengthen in your life? Might be one specific something I stirred up, something I said, something I didn't even talk about, but God, the Holy Spirit stirred in you today. Identify one foundation, one pillar that you need to strengthen. Some of you, I called you out and you're like, man, I'm glad he sees that, but I got lazy on that. What's a pillar you need to strengthen? In fact, you, everybody better get one because I'm going to have you tell somebody right now. Turn and tell someone right next to you. Just real quick. I'm going to strengthen this. This is the foundation I'm going to strengthen. And I'm not going to have you turn and share on this one, but here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to commit to yourself. If you're next to someone you really know, commit to them. What's one thing you can do this week to strengthen that foundation? And because these are not short-term, these are long-term things, you might want to go ahead and say, I'm going to make strengthening this foundation, this pillar in my life, a focus for the whole summer, for the rest of the summer. So what can you do to strengthen that foundation? Some of you need to have some conversations over lunch and as you leave or maybe go up to someone you weren't sitting next to them, you need to tell them, hey, here's what I'm gonna do. I want you to hold me accountable. Okay. Did, did I mention that everything hangs on identity? Everybody look at somebody and say you're loved. I just wanna close out because if you came in here today and all that stuff about the love of God, being loved just the way you are and you don't know that you belong to him, that you are loved and accepted. Like today is your day. And you, you could have heard everything else or not heard anything else I said today. But if you get this one thing right, it's the foundation that everything else is built on. Amen. A real relationship with him. Yes, so why don't you bow your heads? God, I pray that you just overflow this room and every heart with the love, with your love. Right now, God, that you chase them down, that you, you prick their heart. Like, God, let them feel your love in this room right now, especially those that have never received it. And if you're in this room and you, you want to lock in and receive that reality that you are a child of God, that he can be your Lord and Savior, and you're done like I was, you're done dealing with the guilt and the shame and the condemnation, but you just want to be loved. That's the kind of love that God offers you right now. And so if you're here and you're like, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I need to surrender my life to him. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. This is your moment right now to receive the unconditional love of God. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to earn it. Please do not wait until next week when you're, you didn't go out and drink the night before or you didn't yell at your kids this morning. No, 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 because tomorrow's promise to no one. This is your moment. So if you're in here and it's time to come home to receive the love of God, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand up. 
and I'm going to pray for you right where you're at to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus, give them courage and faith to do it right now. Church, be praying. Church, be praying. On the count of three, just slip your hands up. God, give them courage to respond to your love, your unconditional love. One, two, three. Just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. See one hand already, so we're praying. Anybody else in the room, you need to receive the love of God. You need to come home. You don't need to get cleaned up. Just need to say yes. Anyone else? Just raise your hand up. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Will you all pray this out loud with a brave adult man that raised his hand? Everybody say, dear Jesus. There might be another hand. I can't tell there. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. (laughs) Hey, all you saved people, can you feel that? Just say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. For sending Jesus to die for the penalty of my sin. He took all the guilt, shame, and condemnation. All my punishment. I believe that. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen.